Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Revolting. <laughs> it's Steven Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 116. Cut it out. The joys of being single. <laughs> I, totally, I totally forgot what we were doing. <laughs> uh, episode 116, the joys of being single. Content warning. Okay, jabronis. This is the stuff we say before we say the real stuff. Uh, if you don't think you can handle real stuff, like really real stuff, the realest stuff, quite possibly, then maybe click on something else or go make a sandwich. You have been warned. Uh, real quick, uh, I woke up yesterday morning with a little bit, I, I think it's a little bit of a head cold. Um, and I was thinking this morning, I might be, I you know, not real clear on human biology, but I think that I'm made... Uh, like I'm comprised of 95% snot. And then when a cold begins to dissipate, it's like Frosty the Snowman melts, but I just become snot. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm crying or snot's coming out of my eyes or if my nose is runny or if I'm just like, it's just so much fluid coming out of me. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> I feel like that is... That has been, like, since I turned 50. Like, I used to have a, a time of year on the bike, specifically, where, like, oh, my no oh, it's mucus time. Yeah. It would be, like, a change, like, the change from fall to winter or winter to spring. I forget exactly when it happened, but that time is always now. Oh, uh, we've, we've talked about this. I, uh, yeah, I got into a spell where my nose was running, and you're like, sorry, dude, that's just, that's just what happens when you get to a certain age like men yeah. their noses just run and um probably a month after that my nose stopped running all the time but now i'm back and you know i did all of my uh i did all my uh remedies and like big bouts of vitamin c and my favorite chinese herb yen chow and that always either just nips it in the bud entirely or uh lessens the effects of the cold but i was Unfortunately, I was a little late uh, on doing a regular run of of the Yen Chow. So <clears throat> uh, yesterday, instead of doing the things that I really wanted to do, I spent the day sleeping and as much as possible and laying low and trying to, you know, uh, recover as much as possible because ain't nobody got time for this. Does that Yen Chow give you a boner? No. Well, oh. maybe. I don't know. Hard to tell between a yin chow boner and a regular boner, I guess. I guess that's right. There's no control in that experiment. We should we should back up a second because it is 7.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Saturday morning. This is right. Where you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't record at the regular, the regular time. You left town, I think, and... I don't know. I can't remember what happened. 
I had to take my younger son, sometimes on this podcast known as Jizz Goblin, <laughs> I had to take the Jizz Goblin to take his driving test, which he failed. <laughs> oh, good. One more yeah. menace. One more menace. N- not on the road. Yeah. Yeah. W- whatever former gin teacher was his instructor was pretty harsh. I'll say that. But also we went to I'm not going to I don't want to say too much, but I'll say we went to the RMV in the neighborhood that you don't want to take your driving test in mm-hmm. because it's like night of the living dead there. Uh, the The neighborhood is full of various individuals who uh, either by unfortunate happenstance or their own poor choices uh, are basically lurching around in the streets uh, like zombies. And Wait, so you, you, went, you took him there to take his test on purpose? No, 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 not on purpose. It was just the first available test oh. appointment. Um, Dang. And so right as we were pulling out of the lot, at the beginning of the test, this dude <laughs> literally like lurched out from uh, like the blind side of the car in front of the car. And the, the instructor was like, whoa, uh, but apparently you get uh, we didn't hit him. That's good. But but we were off to a rough start and it didn't get <laughs> <laughs> he was he was rattled immediately and then it yeah, fell apart, kind of fell apart from there. Yeah, it didn't get a ton better. Okay. Um, well, that's too bad. But you know, walking and riding a bike is c- cool too, as is public transportation. Oh yeah, it's all good. Uh, uh, and then I was away. I took him. Uh, we, he, and I went dad, dad, son skiing for a couple days. Oh right, right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, in short, we weren't able to connect at all this week, and now we are connecting, and it's Saturday morning, and it's early as fuck. Where I am, and I'm um, also have a little bit of a cold. So, but but I mean, you have a cold, but like I feel like this is the first episode in a long time where we haven't started by talking about how tired you are. Oh well, I slept fucking like twenty hours. Like <laughs> I ordinarily, I wake up really early, and I kind of like even if I just get like an extra ten minutes of sleep, it it oftentimes puts me in a like a a pretty good cadence. But for whatever reason, my my circadian rhythm, uh, I don't know what that means. I'm going to throw that in there, though, is sure. just a little lopsided. And yeah. uh, the guy that owns the bar where I work, he was saying that if he wakes up early, he goes outside and just stands bare feet on the dirt, like on the earth. And it, it has sort of been able to reconnect him with this sort of like p- proper sleep cycle. And he and his partner both do it. And. They swear by it, but, you know, uh, I feel like with my luck, I would walk outside and I'd be like, ah, yeah, stepping on God's earth. And then I'd just promptly put my bare foot in a pile of dog shit. And that that would be my falling down moment. So I'm uh, I haven't I only learned about this the other day. I could see a time in my life when I would have done this on a regular. But this is not that time. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, no, I feel pretty good. I think I was counting it down. I think I went to bed at like seven o'clock last night and woke up at four. Plus, I felt slept most of yesterday. Got to work at the bar tonight. So it's going to be a late night. And then I got something happening on Sunday as well. So, like, I'm trying to will myself 100% well again. 
Well, I appreciate you missing Saturday morning cartoons to do this piece of critical infrastructure work that right. is the revolting podcast. If I had a TV, I wouldn't. Oh, and speaking of cartoons, and I've pushed this one as much as humanly possible. Have you heard of a cartoon called Pickle and Peanut? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love it so much. And I I talked to friends about it uh, probably more than is uh, normal for uh-huh. a, a middle-aged man to talk about cartoons. But uh, no one I know has knows about this. And so, like, none of the people I know who should know about Pickle and Peanut do know about Pickle and Peanut. So... If you're in the mood for a tasty cartoon about two friends who love heavy electronica and metal <laughs> and and fun adventures, then look up Pickle and Peanut. I mean, what else would you even make cartoons about? <laughs> uh, it started at the beginning of like I watched the first two episodes yesterday and I forgot there's so many there's so many fun things and funny little turns of phrase and it happens really quickly, so you can you're constantly like, "Whoa, that's something I want to include in my vernacular," you know? Like it's just it's mm-hmm. just all of this stuff, but it's kind of hard to catch the first time through. So yeah, if I had a TV, I probably would be watching cartoons right now. I don't, so here we are all together. Here we uh, are all together. Um, uh, let's see. So we had you had a week. Kid failed the test. I had a week. I got a cold. Um, not really too much has happened. I don't think I got anything really like heavy to report on. Um, I will get into one shout out though. And this is a Kiwi. I believe he's a Kiwi named Tim Evison. And he writes like we've been, I don't know. I found him on Twitter. We follow each other on Twitter and he's very funny and he's very good with words and, you know, efficient use of make make you say something really funny and cool in like one or two sentences. And um, like my relationship with him, I sort of feel is like my relationship with you was, uh, you know, like I've got this virtual relationship with this person who I think I very much enjoy, but I, you know, wouldn't know him if I saw him in the street. Right. Um, Do you think our and, relationship was better when it was in that phase? But. You don't have to answer that, but go just, on. Just different. But I I was wondering this morning if maybe I also have a podcast with Tim, and I don't <laughs> know, and I don't know it's him. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so that's my shout-out is to Tim, the Kiwi. Good good dude, as near as I can tell. So, and we were talking about this uh, a minute ago. So we have our buddy Zane, who is, as I'm saying these words, cringing that we're bringing him up again mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so we have our buddy zane uh who's in new zealand we have tim how many people are in new zealand i thought uh, it was 10 to 11 so we I must think, know like a lot of them i think that's right uh caleb smith is another kiwi and farentino you know but he's a ex expat he lives he lives here in the states right Right. So, yeah, uh, I got a funny story about Zane. So as long as we brought him up, but I can't, I'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, what shout outs do you have this oh, morning? I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of shout outs. I want to shout out my buddy Fez for liking bikes and riding bikes and bringing excitement to situations uh, that I only bring just my own stupid self. Uh, Fez, I really appreciate Fez. Fez, in fact, so we, our little Skype meetings uh, always have titles which we don't often share with people because maybe we shouldn't. But um, 
I was I was going to ride with Fez the other day, and he's like, I will call you at 12 to make the plan. And exactly at 12, my phone rang, and he's like, it's me. He goes, I put the punk in punctual. <laughs> uh, I was like, Fez is kind of shit. He's kind of your ride or die, isn't he? Like, oh, Fez is down. Yeah, him and uh, who's the woman you run with? Oh, Megna. Yeah, yeah, Megna. Fez and Megna are like, they're, they seem to be your, like, you know, besides your immediate family, those two are your pillars. Those are, that's my Desi crew. That's my, that's my South Asian uh, uh, go everywhere all the time. They are, they are down for adventure. I love that. Uh, and I appreciate them. Um, I also want to shout out uh, Barry Johnson, who's got cancer. Uh, real sorry about that, Barry. Uh, but he's going to be just fine. He's had surgery. He got a fucking amazing neck scar. It it looks like somebody uh, tried to slit his throat while robbing his stagecoach. It's pretty cool. I trust people with good facial and like scars about the neck and face. Yeah, because you you visual. know they've seen some shit, and and it's yeah. a it's a real equalizer. You know what I mean? Like I always right. wanted a big scar on my face ever since I was a kid, and. I can't. I couldn't get my dermatologist to give me one. Yeah, she said that wouldn't be ethical. Yeah, or something. But whatever. Um, yeah, Barry's got a cool scar, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna live to fight fight more fights. Yeah, and he's got that next scar now. Like, so if 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 he was like, "Can you give me a break?" Before someone was like, "Fuck you, Barry," they would be like, uh, uh, uh. Uh-huh. Like he's got that next scar, which says like, "Don't fuck with me." You see people with cauliflower ears or big, big scars. You just like you steer clear. Keep your counsel. Yeah. Um, Martin Alvarez. I'm shouting out because he has good taste in music. Thanks for the DMS. Uh, Martin Reggie LaBelle, just because we see you, Reggie LaBelle. Thanks for listening, Reggie LaBelle. And I'm also going to shout out Jamie at the Mad River Glen ski rental shop. I was in there uh, with the jizz goblin uh, arranging for some some boots and uh jamie saw that i was wearing my um worship satan respect women sweatshirt and he's like oh i'll hail the black market right i'm, I'm not doing jamie like that's not fair that's not really what jamie <laughs> J- jamie's jeff spicoli yeah no he's more articulate than that i'm sorry okay. jamie uh and i was like i was like oh you like all hail the black market and he said oh yeah i love <laughs> <No>. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no not really <laughs> why would you draw that conclusion <laughs> <laughs> so so being a, the whore that i am i'm like oh have you heard his podcast and he goes no <laughs> so um so yeah i turned him on i i told him about the podcast and then he was like oh cool and i thought he was giving me the oh cool like whatever i'm done with our interaction now uh-huh. but then he I came up to him. me later and he's like it's revolting right i was like that's right it's revolting oh it's cool. I, you know, it's small, it's small world. Uh, a lot of the tendrils go in, in lots of different directions. And, uh, and I like, I like it when those fun little connections are made. I think it's real neat. Yeah. 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 I did not. I, I was like, Oh, I'm at first I was like, Oh, I'm going to tell him that I'm on this podcast and we're going to be friends now. And then I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I got enough friends. It's okay. So I just, <laughs> one of, uh, so my, I've told this before, one of my, my studio is right next to the bar office. Like, right. It's, uh, just not far from the, 
the main bar, but the offices in this other facility. And the other night, um, my friend and bartender, uh, Pascal came down with a couple of old, with his old dear friend and her husband, and they live in Whitefish, Montana, uh, population, you know, not very many. Yeah. And we were chit chatting and Pascal introduced me to his friends and we were kind of talking and, uh, I had one of those hoodies or a couple of those hoodies like wrapped up on the floor and, um, and he, and the, the guy or her husband said, Oh, is that you? And I said, yeah. And he's like, I've got one of those. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. He's like, I wear it at the bar all the time. People hate it. And yeah. I said, what's the problem with respecting women, which is always my go-to. And yes. You know, but that's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's bringing, it's, you know, it's irreverence, bringing people together. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are all solid. Uh, those are all solid music. Pick. I mean, those are all solid shout outs. Let's go back to your Zane story, uh, because oh. I enjoy that he hates to hear about himself on this well, show, but... It has to do with my music pick, so you got to do yours, and then I'll do mine, and then I'll tell my funny little Zane story. Okay, okay, okay. So my music pick is uh, the first Mets record. Uh, M-E-T-Z, um, self-titled record from 2012. Mets. Mets is a great band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen them uh seen them a few times. I don't I think I saw let's see, they opened for I believe they opened for the Refused. That was a good show. I think that's right. Uh and I've seen them somewhere else. Yeah, they're just power powerful and tight and like uh like a big monstrous, well calibrated machine. Yeah, they they put out a wall of sound, and I'm picking them uh, not randomly. It's because they have a new record coming out, and they are coming to Boston, and I am going to go see them uh, in April. There's a uh, there's a seven inch record that they did with John Reese, and you know I love John Reese. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. I like weird like. Corey Blackwood, I don't think I've had a conversation with that dude in 15 years where he didn't bring up either Trent Reznor or Nine Inch Nails. And I think I have an unhealthy obsession with John Reese the same way that Corey has an unhealthy obsession with Nine Inch Nails. Hmm. I love John Reese. I think he's just the best. But you would this, be in a domestic partnership with John Reese if you could. Well, I don't know. You know, I've, I've met him once, which was real a real fun experience and he was very pleasant and we've exchanged a few, uh, you know, messages and stuff over the years, but, um, I don't really know. Maybe he's a total dick, you know, but it's best not to get too nah. close to your heroes. You can't, you can't make as much music as he <clears throat> make, has made with as many people as he's made it with and be a dick. That's true. But well, I don't know anyway, but Trent Reznor might be a dick. He might tell be dick. Corey. I said that, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, this seven inch with, uh, with, the, uh, John Reese and Mets is fucking money. If you can find it, I don't know where I came across it, but I know it was, uh, it was, it was a hard won battle to procure it for my own. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, they're great. I love them and I look forward to hearing their new output. Yeah. I picked their first record because I always think if you're going to recommend a band to somebody it's I think it's a real good idea to start with the first one. It's a great record, but also I feel like if you 
If you know Mets, I'm not telling you anything. You already love them. If you don't know Mets and you're just going to go check them out, like if you start at the end, I think it's confusing. First record is the best. Sometimes, but you can also, you know, they're all great in different ways. And if this appeals to you, then this and this and this will also definitely appeal to you. Uh, Yes. I don't know. Before Uh, you do your music pick, are you aware of a record that Matt Pike made called Pike versus the Automaton? Oh, no. I mean, I haven't heard it. I think I've seen that it exists. Yeah. But I I don't. I'm just going to tell you it exists. Okay. So I'm still aware that it exists. Yeah. I still don't know what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. Riff Lord, uh, Riff Lord Matt Pike has lost a lot of weight in the last six months. So shout out to Matt Pike for, you know, having the diabetes or whatever and losing a bunch of weight. As And now he's got to get a bunch of uh, smaller size t-shirts not to wear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and Matt Pike, Matt Pike is aging in a way that I find really charming. But honest to God... He looks like now that he's lost weight and like he's got some some little tufts of gray. He honestly, to me, looks like the librarian at the Satanic Temple. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, interesting. I used to see that dude when Sleep lived in Oakland. Mm. Uh, I think I played a game of pool with him at this bar around the corner from my house. As a matter of fact, like like they were always mm. around. And uh, Jason Raider who plays drums with sleep now also plays drums in uh, uh neurosis. Uh, like he and I used to work at a bike shop together. Super cool guy, total nerd, but just mm. a fucking animal musician uh, is, you know, it's neat kind of seeing like we all go our own separate directions, but then, you know, you guys come become huge rock stars and I'm doing a podcast in a closet. We talked about that beforehand. Steve was saying that um, he sees other, like he sees video, well, the podcasts that have video, like on YouTube, and how they have these really nice studios. But he and I are just both of us sitting in closets. <laughs> uh, and I was saying, well, we'll eventually we'll have a studio, and it'll have like that neon sign that says "revolting" on it. Plants and comfy sofas. Exactly, but we will decorate it like closets. Like, he will, right next to his head, have a pile of pretty much all black vans. Yeah, I got a few pairs of creepers, uh, one pair of nice dress shoes, um, some Adidas slides. I can see on the right-hand side that one nice black gingham shirt you own. Right there. Huh. This one? I don't think it's... No, no, it's behind that one. You can't see it, but I can. No, there's nothing back there. Other side. Oh, there you go. You just touched it. That's a suit. Oh. That's a nope. suit my, that's a suit my the dad other was side married of that. in. There's nothing uh, we don't there. Have to... there's, there's ties. There's nothing here. It's just two suits and another suit and a bag and then ties. We don't have to argue about it. I, I know what I'm what looking I at. See. Fuck you. <laughs> This uh, this suit right here, you can see just a sleeve. I got married in that suit, as did my father. Came from the James Con department store in Kennett, Missouri. Oh, that's yeah, a charming both, little story. I know, I know. It's a nice suit. I mean, you know, for being uh, 
buck and 60 years old or something 117 years 117 old. 117 years old all right my music pick this week is uh seattle's monster watch um so i went to see big business uh two weeks ago i guess and monster watch opened for them and while i've heard of monster watch because they are local as ish uh, i hadn't i hadn't yet seen them or heard them and I was mightily fucking impressed. Holy shit, they are fun live, but man, uh, fierce. And I was trying to put my finger on, like, if I was to provide a comparison and someone, you know, I fuck. Everything sounds like <clears throat> something to everyone. But it occurred to me this morning that there is there are echoes of uh, Dayton, Ohio's Brainiac. Uh, oh, without all, without all the synth, like there's not synth, but there are right. uh, guitar effects a, a plenty. Uh, the drummer is a total animal. Uh, the bass player is in, in the in the. I mean, the singer, the uh, singer, guitarist, and the bass player are just like they are so in tune with one another. And you know what? I might even pile uh, the locust in there a little bit. Uh, they are. They are a force to be reckoned with. I am quite enjoying their their EP currently. Um, so the the funny story re- re- relating to Zane is he sent me an email or a, yeah an email or a direct message maybe a week or ten days after I saw them open for big business. He's like, hey, you might you might appreciate these guys, and I was like, motherfucker, I just saw those guys. What are you doing? <laughs> You mind your own fucking business. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I figured you would probably like them. Um, he goes, oh, I think uh, Christina Sinkovic told me about him. And I was like, Jesus, dude, I told her <laughs> about them. <laughs> so so uh, the news of Monster Watch went from Bellingham to Portland, from Portland to New Zealand, from New Zealand back to Bellingham. Right. We're spreading the good word just to, amongst each other, though. I mean, at least, you know, the channel is open and working. Yeah. No, I thought that was I thought that was funny. Like, what are, what are the chances that you just randomly came across a band that I just just saw? Would you say that you like 100 percent of the bands you're aware of with the name with the word monster in their name? Uh, I think so. I can only think of Monster Magnet and Monster Watch. You got that's another one? Say- nope, that's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's all of them. <clears throat> I I think so, yeah. I think so. I would have to look through all of the M's, but I. that's a good bet. And like we said last week, like any any b- black anything? Yeah. Like uh, Black Cobra, Black Tusk, Black Breath, Big I'm Black... Not- Big there's black, so yeah. there's it's it fits into so my B's and my S's are like real fucking thick in my collection. I got of a lot that. of R's too. Oh, I got a lot of R's too. Yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, what we got the first Mets and we got Monster Watch, both of whom have uh, Bandcamp pages. Certainly, Mets has a lot more records available, but check those out and you're gonna love it, or you won't. It's fine. So uh, we're going to get a word from something and we will be back in just a moment. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. 
Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. And we're back. And I'm still congested. Hey, what are we going to talk about today? The joys of being single? Yeah, why mm. not? It takes a special kind of bike rider to ride a single speed. Uh, the kind of rider who really only likes to pedal going uphill. The kind who appreciates making everything harder for themselves. Uh, but simplicity has a certain charm to it. And anyone who's married maybe knows what we're talking about. First question. Uh, here we go. Bicycle content. Bicycle content. I have recently returned to the single lifestyle in both in both ways. Um, yes. What was the motivation and how's it going so far? Um, so we're just going to talk about the bike portion of the single lifestyle. Uh, sure. And uh, let's see. I haven't since I was sort of embraced by the Northern California single speed community in 1996. I have not been without a single speed mountain bike until I sold my Ventana under duress uh, a few years ago, but I have had a single speed cross bike that whole time. So oh, okay. I, wasn't I wasn't completely out of the loop, um, just hadn't had a single speed mountain bike. And my friend Frank was, he posted a, a like an old karate monkey, like kind of. I don't know, like a 20 year old karate monkey that he was selling. And he said he just never really loved it. And um, it was going for not very much money at all. And he was like, I would love to keep it in the family. So I think he gave me a deal on it. And um, it showed up and it's got super cool parts. And, you know, I'm kind of switching, switching a few things around on it. I actually got Greg Heath to order me a uh, dropper post because man going going over big drops on a on a uh a 29er uh, you're like way up there the center of gravity is really right. fucking high right right <clears throat> right right um feels like pole so, thing yeah so i'm i'm switch switching a few things around i'm really wrestling with uh putting bar ends on it uh i love bar ends but i hate bar ends on riser bars mm but I like the sweep of riser bars and, yep. but I just, I don't think I, I don't, I think that's just a bridge too far. I don't think I can, I can do that yet, but man, I love bar ends. They're the best. I love that you love bar ends. Um, is that mainly cause your wrists are so fucked? Uh, bar ends. Yeah. No, no, it's just leverage. Yeah. I just, you know, when, when you're climbing, when you're climbing on a drop bar bike, are you on the tops or are you in the drops? Right. No, fuck. Of course not. You're on the hoods. Unless you're some kind of like super machine. I like to call those the horns, but okay. The horns. So the horns. where do you, I mean, it's just, it's like you're pulling, 
it, it all, I don't know. It just makes more sense ergonomically for me. I think there's probably some physics involved. Uh, but that's just, I don't know. It just, it just makes more sense. But, but putting bar ends on riser bars, I can't do it. Tell me, tell me, tell me what the, um, tell me what you love about single speeding. I had a single speed, uh, mountain bike for some years, but I want to hear from you what you love about it. Well, when, when, uh, when I first met all of the, you know, the Ventana guy, there was like a group of people from Sacramento and there's a group of people from San Francisco and there's a group of people from Santa Cruz and they all had, there was a crusty cruiser cup was a single speed race series. It was six races through the season or something. And they just were so, I just liked all of them. Like I clicked with them. I didn't really bike racers. I thought they felt kind of, they felt kind of jockish to me. And, Mm. um, and they were, they were super good bike riders, but they kind of like turned, turned their back on, you know, the athleticism or the Mm -hmm. whatever, like the look alikeness and, and they were just derelicts and I don't know, I'm always, I'm always attracted to the derelicts. So certainly the community was, uh, far more akin to my aesthetic. Uh, there's, uh, DIY races and there was beer drinking and shenanigans and, um, real, real kind, kind people, real supportive people. And, um, and then there was these little pockets of people that I started seeing spring up around the country. So community was a biggie. Um, and there's just, there's just something kind of, kind of fucking punk about it. You know, something kind of like, fuck you to the status quo. Fuck you. I don't need gears. Fuck you and your gears. There's probably some tough guy, some tough guy shit involved too. You know, oh, I'm yeah. doing this. I'm doing the same. I'm racing expert class because there was no single speed class for many years. And you're racing experts in the expert class. And you're racing, you know, really good bike riders, and you're beating them. You know, and so there's like a little ego elevation there. Um, mm. But I don't race anymore. So what have I enjoyed about returning? It's still so. Uh, you just ride what you ride and what you can't ride, you walk. And it's just more time goofing around by myself in the woods. And, um, I did this ride the other day and there were sections of this trail that I have not been able to clean on a geared bike that I was able to clean on a single speed, which was wild, like hard hairpins with rocks in the middle that would catch my rear tire. And it would kind of like bump me off my line, but you're just like so focused and you're so, and you're just mashing and and you have to anticipate if you see something ahead instead of like, oh, I got to get in this gear. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shift down or I'm going to shift right. up or whatever. Right. You just, you just barge and use momentum. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of grace. Um, there are, I suppose to a degree, there's a lot of skill involved and it just, I don't know, like people always talk about like, oh, this is the Zen or the blah, blah, blah. It, but to, to ride a single speed mountain bike or single speed cross bike, single speed cross bikes are way fucking harder for me. <clears throat> but to ride it on the same trails that you always ride, it cha- it just changes the experience and it makes it like to feel way more, um, way bigger, uh, way more exciting. I don't know. <clears throat> 
So I suppose those would be kind of the bullet points. Uh, do you still have one? I don't have one now. No, I sold it to a friend of mine who really was like, I got to have a single speed mountain bike. I was like, yeah, I'm not riding. Y- yeah. So I sold it to him. He wanted it. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I think the the problem for me was that I'm impatient and all the like places where, you know, you're, you're spinning out your gear. I was just like, Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't so much that I didn't like the extra work on climbs and things like that's fine. It was more just the, like being at the mercy of your gear. That was something. Oh, and I got to mention real quick. My stomach is going berserk right now. So if there's all kinds of gargling and gurgling in the background, that's just, that's just me digesting like 17 cups of coffee. Uh, so when I lived in Oakland before the gateway to the dirt was a, like a seven mile road climb called, um, tunnel. And I had to ride through the city for a while to get to the bottom of tunnel. And then you had to ride up tunnel and then the tunnel turns on the, um, uh, skyline. So it's a while. I mean, it's probably, you're like riding the road for maybe an hour, maybe 45 minutes before you even get to the dirt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was just, that was kind of standard ride for me, you know, but it was, it wasn't until I moved to Santa Cruz and I was, and then you got to ride like across town and it's flat and it fucking takes forever. Yeah. And, um, I think it was, it was after the 2008, uh, single speed worlds that Curtis Inglis put on in Napa. Uh, I raced, I raced, I had, I had a 26 inch. Um, um, uh, single speed mountain bike, and I raced that, and I I never got on it again. I never rode it again. I knew that uh, I was more kind of like on the twenty nine er bandwagon at that point, and then um, Robert was working, still working with Ventana, and he hooked me up with the Robert Ives. Uh, Robert Ives, yeah, was working with Ventana, and he hooked me up with the twenty nine er single speed which I I really liked but it was aluminum also and I'm I just find that I'm not a big fan of aluminum bikes. Um but uh yeah, I think I was kind of wondering about that if I was going to get on a bike again cuz this is a little bit of a ride for me to get to the trailhead. It's not terrible, maybe 20 minutes. And uh and I was kind of thinking, like, what if I, what if I just feel like I'm totally spun out, you know? And the first ride I did on it was, I got across town easy. I never even thought about it, but the fucking ride uh, destroyed me. And then I noted, I noted that it was a sixteen two or a seventeen tooth uh, freewheel, which was a bit tall for the given environs. So I reached out to JC Sip and he happened to have one twenty tooth freewheel in his in his drawer left over from the King selection. And he sent me that and it made it's made a world of difference. I've never ridden an eighteen tooth freewheel before. Do you know that the whole um plenitude of Earth is in JC Sip's desk? <laughs> he has one of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a magical place. Where if you're like, oh, you remember that pineapple color you guys did 
uh, 10 years before you were even a company? <laughs> Do you have one of those, but in a blot? He's like, oh, I think I, I think I got one of those in my drawer. Yeah. He probably just raided uh, Chris's collection of shit and moved it all into his own office. Just swept Chris's barn into his top desk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, I mean, that's been a lot of fun. I also, there's a thing that happens in Minneapolis called the Homie Fall Fest that happens every fall, uh, every October. And it's just this big, dumb derby and you, you cruise around, you have feats of strength and you drink beer and then you end up and there's like bonfires and everybody's ripping around and somebody brings a bunch of venison or homemade burritos or maple bacon donuts or mold wine or craft beer or whatever and everybody's on you know like a bunch of people are eating mushrooms and it's just it's just so much fun like the the few homie fall fests i've been to were so much fun and i really have long entertained the idea of trying to put something like that on myself and logistically it was too complicated to do it in the bay area um like we were gonna have to like sag a bunch of like everybody's meet everyone somewhere and then sag all their stuff over to Moran and then find a place to camp. And then, you know, it's like this whole thing. There's too many moving parts. So I decided I wanted to try it again here in the Pacific Northwest, but I couldn't do it unless I had a single speed. Right. So then the planets aligned. I've got one and then we're planning it for November provided my leg still works. Oh, November. Interesting. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me let me ask one question about your new single speed. What fork is on it? It's a surly, rigid, rigid fork. It's a I rigid think. fork. God, you... Yeah. But I ride a cross bike all the time. So it's kind of like the, it's got big fat tires on it. And again, you know, like surprisingly, because my wrists are so fucked up, surprisingly, it has yet to to be, be an issue. Uh, but I am I do have a line on like a some kind of squirrely Suntour uh, 120 fork or something that I might throw on there just to see how that works. I'm going to ask one more question. What, what, what size tires? Uh, they're pretty big. They're pretty balloony. I don't 2. know. 2.6? I'd say some, yeah, two, two, six, two, four. I don't, I, I don't really pay attention to stuff like I that. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I feel terrible for even asking. They're rubber. I, I was at, what's that? They're rubber. Oh, they're, they're made black. of the rubbers, and they're and they're black, and they got bumps on them. I know that. Oh, are they ribbed for your pleasure? Um, my friend Matt O'Keefe, who was the production manager at Seven, he's still at Seven um, for just a million years, and he is a lights out bike rider. He's real good at bike riding, but he, um, I've taken him to some places where I ride kind of like the most technical single track that I ride. And he shows up on his fat bike mm -hmm. uh, and just does stuff. Uh, and that just I makes it hate people like that. Yeah. Come on, man. I spend my whole life working half as twice as hard to be half as good. You yeah, know what pretty I mean? much. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. You know, some people, I call that, I, have I talked about the Angelo Rollo effect? No. Uh, I grew up with this kid named Angelo Rollo. I would love it if he heard this, because I'm sure he has no idea who I am. <clears throat> but when we were kids, he was a pretty ripping BMX racer. And then we were in, um, we were in middle school, and he got into skateboarding, and he was really good at that. And then... I think in high school, he was like a, I think he might have been like the varsity quarterback and the varsity pitcher. 
uh, for the baseball team. And then he started playing music and he was really good at that. And I was just like, fuck, man. Like, where do you get off being so good at stuff? Oh, and he's really good looking. Like, he's this sort of sleepy eyed oh, Italian no. dude and had like shiny brown hair. God um, damn. I know. I know. So, like, like, I spend my whole life trying so hard at stuff and I'm like, okay at it. And then Angelo's just like, oh, being Angelo, Angeloing around, shooting his Angelos all over the place. And yep. Some people got it and some people don't. So I call that the, I call like Matt. It's kind of like got the, got the Angelo Rollo in him. Yeah. Um, so yes, to answer the question, it's going real swimmingly and I love it. And it's probably not the best thing I could be doing, you know, considering the fact that my legs all fucked up, but a moderation, baby, all things. Sure. Uh, question two. Question oh, wait two. Wait a second. You- no, hold what? on. Are you gonna get one again? Is my is my uh, is my newfound excitement like kind of inspiring a little bit of intrigue? Oh, probably not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not for everybody. Like I loved it forever. You know, I've loved it since the beginning. And there's a real there was a real groundswell and like fuck, Cannondale had one and. Trek had one. Everybody had a production single speed. It started with Ventana and then Bianchi. We all yep. know the whole line of Bianchi single speeds. Uh, Sky Yeager spearheaded that whole thing, but you know, she's Northern California. She saw what was going on there at the time. Right. And uh, and then it blew up from there, and now it's just like fizzled and dwindled and it ain't nothing left. Well... But, Everything old is new again. I I sold mine. I had so the first bike I built, I well, I shouldn't say built. First bike I had my friends build for me when I worked at Seven was a twenty seven five single speed hardtail, and that was my mountain bike for a while. That's the one I sold to my buddy Matt, not Matt O'Keefe, other Matt, mm-hmm. and um, Matt loves it and rides it the likeliest outcome is that i just buy it back from him someday because that's how go- things go mm-hmm. he'll get but, bored with it and then you'll get it again and you'll be like ah what the fuck why did i ever sell this thing i love this bike i love this bike shortly followed by i'm too old for this i'm gonna sell this to somebody and matt's gonna be like you know <laughs> well i definitely i know i'm not, I'm not like the fierce 27 year old that i was and <clears throat> in fact the other day Let's see, in 19, I think it was 1996 or 1997, I was, I was in Vancouver and Bellingham, and I was on my, I had a Kelly uh, single-speed, 26-inch wheel single-speed mountain bike. And um, somebody told me, I, was, I think I was, I don't know who told, so when, somebody told me that there was a mountain bike race in Bellingham that this, like the upcoming weekend or something, and I was like, oh yeah, fuck, man, I've been riding my bike a ton. Let's get after it. And it was five laps. I think it was five or six laps. It was maybe like 25 miles or 30 miles. And it is a fucked course. And I haven't ridden this course uh, since since then. It was terrible. I was 26 years old, I think, 27 years old. Right. And I rode a single-speed mountain bike on that course just five days ago. And the idea of doing that, five times 
five more times <laughs> right. is unthinkable to me, you know? And so I have to recalibrate. I know I'm not, I'm not a fucking Travis Brown, you know, somebody who's just like off the couch gets out there and, you know, I'm not like, I'm not the physical f- phenomenon that I sort of <laughs> hoped I could be. <laughs> The untrained I mean, hero. One lap is better than no laps. Yeah, so I just have to re. I have to re. Organize my ex, that my expectations for myself. Constantly. I think that's a, uh, yeah, and and this is like I'm not. I'm not. This isn't thirty years ago. They're twenty five years ago. Um, I, I I really enjoy riding a single speed mountain bike. Can I ride it in the same way and in the same intensity? that I used to fuck no fuck no but am I still yeah and that's good enough for me yeah that's good enough for me um so question two uh even those of us who are happily married or have been happily married appreciate having some time to ourselves uh to focus on our hopes and dreams what is the best thing to do by yourself oh I don't know creative endeavors I think those are fun to do with other people as well, though. I've been thinking a lot about creative endeavors lately. Um, uh, cause I do some of them, uh, but I've been thinking I need to do a lot more of them. And to, because a lot of what I do all has an end product. Mm-hmm. If I write a thing, it ends up somewhere. If I, you know, everything, everything creative I do, and almost everything ends up somewhere. And I don't think that that is the healthiest creative approach or attitude. I, and actually I've been, I've been watching you since you started the new diorama project. You're like a different person. And, and what's interesting to me is that you're not just doing these really complex dioramas, which are amazing. But then you're also, it seems like you're doing, you're doing more postcard drawings. Uh, you did a, a relief print the other day. It's like creative shit has taken over. And you are, seem to me to be in a like relatively happy, motivated frame of mind all the time. And I know, uh, look, I know there's life, right? There's ups, there's downs, but right. you're like that level of creativity has changed you in what I perceive as a positive way. I think so. I mean, this is, uh, this is, I, I don't want to like to be like, oh, and oh, here's another enough about you. What do you think about me or not enough about me? What do you think about me? That, that kind of thing. Like, I don't want to turn it around, but sure. Um, this is what I was, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I have historically been doing. Uh, losing, I I told, uh, Brad Cartuccio this morning. Um, I said, losing my home and my partner and my studio and my shop was an insanely challenging thing for, for me to get over and, and continues to be an insanely challenging thing for me to get over. Not just, not just separating, not just, separating from my partner, my person, but extracting myself from our home. She was my home. Our physical structure was my home. 
my studio was my home, my shop was my home, and losing all of that in one fell swoop was fucking devastating. And um, I knew that I was going to be able to make stuff again, you know, but like once this, it took a couple of years and the kind of the dust settled and I wound up with this little space and it's not, it's not the little sloped roof studio in the woods, you know, by a Creek that I've long imagined, but it is a space that is specific to, to regurgitating all of this grief. And, um, and I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of it. I'm making up for lost time. Uh, I'm paying rent on the place. So I basically have to be there, you know, 20 hours a day to make, to make it worth the time to make, to make it feel like I think it's worth the time. Um, and, um, yeah, this has been like this project in particular, I've been stewing on this for a decade. I've not, I've not even made an inch of progress on this until I got this space. And it's like, all right, well now it's time to shit or get off the pot, you know? And if and the planet's kind of lined up, and it's well, you are taking a massive shit, my friend. <laughs> I am. I have filled the pot tenfold, uh, and I, you know, and I got a show. I got a show in June, and, and I haven't had a show since two thousand, like a solo show since two thousand fourteen. Mm. Uh, so this is. I don't, I don't know. I guess my point is like this is what I was doing. This is who I was before everything. This is how I operated before everything went went upside down um and uh it feels really good to be getting to kind of like be feeling uh at home in my in my body and in my process again yeah i think and i see you i see people like uh guys like russ pope uh who is just constantly making things constant like relentlessly creative uh my friend natalie uh who is actually the painter at seven but she's also an animator and a sculptor she makes furniture every every fucking second she seems to be creating something and i and i as a person who also makes things i'm like yeah you know i think i'm holding back i think i'm too focused on because i make content i make content for cycling independent i make so i make two podcasts i write i don't know two three essays a week i i then write for a variety of clients. So I'm constantly just making these end products. And I think I need to get back away from, or I need to put on a layer of just work work. That's not aimed at anything that is just practice and exploration and see where the fuck it goes. That I think that's real foundational with all of the other stuff. Um, there's a, my my high school art teacher always encouraged us to like don't worry about wasting materials don't worry about wasting energy like all of this stuff leads to something but i can't get it out of my head because materials are expensive right time is a time is a precious commodity right so uh, i can't just i can't just like experiment and i can't you know i it's, it just doesn't like this society my economy or what my economic reality doesn't lend to that um, and I was talking to a kid who was, he was actually making a, a relief print, uh, at the art supply store where I buy stuff. 
And he was talking about his two print teachers. And one print teacher was really mellow and kind of like, yeah, hey, just do what you want to do, man. And the other guy was like, that's not good. Do you want to waste time making shit that's not good? Or do you want to use your time wisely and make shit that's good? And which is, I I appreciate both perspectives. um, But I constantly wrestle with that. And I think anybody who... Any anybody who engages in a creative endeavor, whether it's it's writing music or writing prose or sculpting or ceramics, or whatever, you are constantly under this weight to you want to make something worthwhile. You're putting you're investing all this time and effort into it. You want it to be something that you can you can be proud of. But you also have to walk that line and know that not everything's going to be a winner. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you gotta, you know, I have made, I have made years and years of stuff in the last 10 years. It's not that I, I mean, partially cause everything went sideways that I haven't had a show, but I haven't, I haven't really been making anything that I was really, really happy with. Yeah. And, and for whatever, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy with it now because it led me to what I'm doing presently, which is, I think the best work I've ever made in my life. Who fucking knows what's going to happen next, though? You know, like this shows up, uh, pieces come down, maybe I'll sell a couple, and then what? Then I'm back to doing tiny watercolors or whatever. And you got to Bobby like Fingers it, man. You, you know, the next thing comes along. Oh, I'll get a Patreon account and. Well, no, I'm saying. Pretty soon I, I'm driving a Fall Guy truck. I mean, uh, people uh, make masterpieces and then they make more masterpieces. You'll just, you know, uh, you'll just masturbate. I mean, masterpiece the next thing. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that's the important thing to like to keep the pressure off or to try to relieve the pressure off of yourself is when when going through this, you can't say like, oh, I mean, I shouldn't say what's next. I don't fucking know. Well, it doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter right now. Right. A year ago, I didn't know I'd be here. And right. in a year, this might elevate to something bigger. Maybe it won't elevate to anything. Maybe it'll totally fall flat. But I sure am glad that I had the opportunity to to get this out of my head, you know? Yeah. And and maybe at its essence, creative exploration and endeavors, that's all That's all that should really matter is, is getting the experience. Well, that's that's what I think. I think I need to, like double down i need to invest more time and energy in exploration and i need to write more jokes i throw away you know what i mean i don't i'm not being literal i'm just saying like uh, yeah i get it um so there it is uh, answer to question two what is the best thing to do by yourself it's not masturbation it's make masterpieces um well that's quest- one thing i like i like i like sleeping in the woods by myself I mean, it's all, it all lends and it takes, you know, like I like, um, I like camping by myself. I like backpacking by myself. I like exploring abandoned buildings by myself, but I also like doing those things. I like playing in creeks by myself. I love doing those things with other people though. True, true, true. Uh, yeah. And, I think know, for me, it's just a question of like, I need to go do by myself things. Maybe it doesn't even matter what they are. Oh, I, yeah, I get it. I love, man, my independence, I'm fiercely protective of it. And, and I hate being in a situation where I'm, where I feel obligated to be around other people, especially if I'm in a cycle where I want to be alone. That's really difficult for me to navigate. 
one uh, thing one thing I'll say that is that I prefer to do by myself that I also prefer never to do with another person is to shop for records or books. Okay. I like doing those things with other people too though cuz you're not with them when you're doing it. Afterwards you go eat a salad and you open up your records and you look at all the little goodies inside or you see what the matrix what funny things are scribbled in the, on the matrix by the matrix number or, you know and you compare your purchases it's not like you're standing next to somebody like talking about like what do you think of this have you heard of this right i don't, I don't like i know i don't like that i don't like then the other person is done before me always because i will look through a bin one time find nothing and then go did i miss something and go through yeah. that bin again you know what? One thing I really I have to do by myself is uh, barf. I hate barfing around other people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I hate. I don't want to have. I don't want to take shits around other people. Like these yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. These are pretty personal things that. And and plus it's just like just I just. I'm like you want to take time in a record store. Yeah. I want. I want to. I want to take time taking a shit. Well, that's funny. Uh, my wife and I like. At the beginning of our relationship, like way, way, way back, the beginning of our relationship, there's that moment where like suddenly you're in the bathroom together. Oh, I'm going to pee. You're in the bathroom. Maybe you're brushing your teeth. I'm just going to pee while you're brushing your teeth. And then at one point, one of us, probably me, decided they were going to move their bowels with the other person in the room. And we had like a, a 12 second conversation where we were like, let's never do this again. <laughs> let's- yeah, let's keep yeah, keep some mystery, man. Yeah, let's not have this be part of our familiarity with each other. Yeah, as and we were both like, yep, yep. As far as I know, any partner I've ever been with yeah, does not shit. They just don't do it. They don't do it. Yep. No. Yep. Hot chicks, hot chicks don't shit. It's on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say real quick, there's an artist uh, named Rex Van Minen. He's got, a, he's got the cover on the new issue of juxtapose um denver character lives in uh santa cruz now i think i got to meet him at a show of his in denver uh two or three years ago and this guy is prolific as fuck i don't know how he makes as many paintings as he does and they are all mind-blowing um what was i going to say about this guy it was a point shoot constantly constantly making Mm. and i'm sure he doesn't feel like all of his pieces are bangers you know but he is constantly making and it comes it brings to mind the adage uh the only difference between a master and a novice is the master has failed more yeah i'm into it um so yeah oh shout out rex uh question three would you rather spend half an hour a day for one year dipped in hot tuna fish or for that same year, be able to smell gasoline all the time. Are you actually smelling actual real gas fumes? No, it's not. You're not getting cancer actively by exposure to gasoline, but you just have that smell of gasoline. All the, like you, Which like some if people you were, like, I don't, but some people it, like that. Like if you were smelling, if you were smelling like at a gas station or like if your nose was in a gas can. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the hot tuna. Is it scalding hot or is it just like warm? No, no, it's just warm tuna fish. I got to soak like, in it. Be like a, it's probably, oh, there's probably like fish oils that you're absorbing into your skin that are really good for you. 
uh, omega acids and omega fatty acids. See, everybody, this is the <clears throat> shit. This is the shit that I have to put up with <laughs> from this fucking guy. <laughs> I, I was looking about, for the oh, bright half side. Half an hour a day dipped in hot tuna fish. And he's like, oh, yeah, the omega threes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I don't mind the smell of gas, but I don't want to smell it all the time. So I probably would never, with- I'd never eat tuna again, I don't think. Maybe. I, you know, I think I'm going to go with a hot tuna fish, too. It's pretty fucking gross. But that yeah. gasoline one is rough, right? Big, yeah. But I like the smell of gas. Oh. I don't. I don't think. And I think after a year of smelling it all the time, you probably wouldn't even smell it anymore. You know? See, maybe you see what he does. You see what he does. <laughs> he games these fucking things out. God. I still go. I'm gonna still go with the tuna. And then you know, for a little bit, if you're hungry, you just be like, mm, you just reach down, get a little Oof. snack, Ugh. get your own, your own that body look- tuna. Like drinking the bathwater, but it's tuna fish. <laughs> it's me tea. You drink a big, healthy serving of me tea. Uh, all right. So we're both going with the tuna, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's your outro. Our Nigerian prince friend told us uh, if we could just collect enough money from revolting listeners, he'd send us an authentic Fall Guy truck. Huh? How about that? And a $100 gift card from Spencer's Gifts. So hit the tip jar. It's Cycling Independent. We'll let you borrow our Nightmare on Elm Street plush blanket. On behalf of Revolting and the Cycling Independent, I'm Steve-O. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. That's about it.